Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. I'm Bob Lovell. Coming up, we've got a lot of football in this hour, talking about the Colts, talking, uh, you know, a little high school football later on tonight. So we're glad you're with us. Turn it over, though, to the star of the show. It's Network Indiana's Nathaniel Finch. Nathaniel Finch with Network Indiana Sports here is your five-minute scoreboard update. My favorite one of the night. Here from Monument Circle, we just got done talking with Rob Blackman about Purdue's new signal caller, Hudson Card. Well, how about that guy, the brand-new quarterback for Notre Dame? Now, he's not brand-new to college football. He's older than Anthony Richardson by three years. Six-year quarterback here. Transfer for Notre Dame. They won 42-3. to Let's listen in to how Sam Hartman did today via NBC Sports. First pass of the Notre Dame career of Sam Hartman is a beauty. Right in the bucket to Thomas for another first down near midfield. Play action now on first down. Taking another shot over the middle of the field. It's caught. Touchdown, Notre Dame. Jaden Greathouse, the freshman, perfectly there for Hartman. Hartman through his progressions. Looking end zone. It's caught. Jaden Thomas, touchdown, Irish. Hartman feeling the pressure. Now he's going to run it. No, he's going to throw it. Wide open. Touchdown. Second of the day for Jaden Greathouse. I don't know about you, but I heard a lot of touchdowns there. Four touchdowns on the day for Sam Hartman. He had four incompletions. It's insane. 251 yards. They also got it down on the ground as a team. Almost 200 yards and two touchdowns combined. This is going to be a special Notre Dame squad. Currently ranked 13th in the nation. Now, Hartman wasn't the only thrower of a ball who played very well in his debut today. How about this guy for the Cubs, Jordan Wilkes. Coach, I want you to talk about Wilkes here, or Wicks rather, with BK when he comes on later in the show because he saw him dominate back in double-A. Now he just made his first start in the majors. Five innings pitched, only allowed two hits. That led to one run, nine strikeouts in his major league debut. The Cubs' top pitching prospect, 2021 first-round pick. Now the Cubs were up 8-1 to one when he left. Since then, we had a five-spot in the seventh for the Pirates. It's a close game, top of the ninth inning. 8-6, to six, that score in Pittsburgh. The Cubs hanging on by a thread, but... Jordan Wicks definitely did plenty. How about Ian Happ also? He's having himself a great game. One for three today, three RBIs. He's from Pittsburgh. He's now reached in 56 straight starts against the Pirates. He just cuts up his hometown team over and over. Let's get to some other scores. The Reds not as lucky. Currently falling, or rather trailing to Arizona 4-1. to one. They did at least get a run up on the board in the top of the sixth. They're currently in the bottom of the sixth, no outs. Final score from Chicago, the White Sox win 6-2 to two at home against the A's. The Phillies and Cardinals game goes final. Not a good one for St. Louis. 12-1 to one the final there. Houston defeats Detroit on the road. 9-2 to two was that score. Finally, the Guardians lose as well. They were up in Canada. Fell to the Blue Jays 8-3. to three. Looking at some other scores here, the Indians. We'll talk to Howard Kelman here in a little bit. 
Iowa Cubs came to town at Victory Field. They got the win 4-3. to three. It was a close one there. Indians lose. Also losing, currently bottom of the ninth, the South Bend Cubs, 14-3 to three to Cedar Rapids and the Colonels. This one doesn't look very good. Finally, another loss, 5-0. The Great Lakes Loons defeat the Fort Wayne Tin Caps. That one on the road for Fort Wayne. Good news at the mic. How about this? Indy 11 win 2-1, a comeback victory over Loudoun United FC, who scored in the first minute. Indy 11 scored twice within eight minutes towards the end of the contest. They get the win there. Let's rip through some quick scores here in the MLB. The Angels and the Mets battling bottom of the ninth. That one in New York, 5-3. Angels on top for now. We've got some finals. Braves beat the Giants 7-3. Mariners beat the Royals 15-2. Red Sox beat the Dodgers 8-5. It was the Rays 3-0 winners over the Yankees. The Nationals walk it off bottom of the ninth 3-2 was that one for the Nats. They get the win over the Marlins. Orioles win 5-4 over the Rockies. Welcome back. Glad you could join us. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk, brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Howard Gelman joins me, the Hall of Fame legendary voice of the Indianapolis Indians. Indians lose 4-3 to Iowa tonight. Howard, thank you so much for the call. This is a tough one. This is, you know, one-run games, you replay in your mind, coulda, shoulda done this and that and just don't uh, get the things you need to do to win a game tonight. Well, it's so true, Bob, and the Indians were ahead 3-2, to two, two outs, nobody on in the seventh inning, then a walk, Yikes. and then Chase Strumpf, Strumpf tripled in the tying run, then another base hit by Pete Crow Armstrong, and the I-Cubs had a 4-3 to three lead, and they protected that lead. The Indians had a runner at third, one man out in the eighth inning, great chance to tie it up, did not score, situational hitting they got a man on in the ninth but that was it and as you said it was a tough loss you and i have talked for years about one thing you cannot put base runners on and if you walk people invariably they will come back to haunt you at times you least need it like tonight well that's exactly right and you say that and i remember when I first started broadcasting, the Reds were our parent team. When I first started announcing the Indians games, I learned so much from Ted Klasuski, and he came over to me and he said one day, remember, bases on balls will come back to haunt you. And they always did. You look at all your great pitchers in the Hall of Fame, except for one, Nolan Ryan, they all walked very few people. That's the way to win games. You don't walk people. Yeah, I mean, you, you guys are, are you you can't put base runners on and and try to and and expect to be able to keep them from scoring. People can hit the ball and move the ball and make things happen. And you know, it, it's that margin of victory. This is a you know an Indians team that doesn't have a great margin for error anyway, and so you can ill afford to have people with free passes on base. Well, that's true. Now, the Indians could have overcome it with some timely hitting, but they didn't do that tonight. In fact, they went one for nine with runners in scoring positions. So Yikes. it often boils down to timely hitting, too. You know, it really does. You know, timely hitting, you know, that 
It's easy for us to say you need to step up there and hit the ball, but the other team's trying to win too. So give uh, give Iowa the credit. So uh, what's the schedule? Who's on the hill tomorrow for the Indians? Tomorrow we have that young right-hander, Jared Jones, who has a lot of talent. He has four quality pitches. He's just 22 years old. We also have Paw Patrol at the ballpark for the young fans. And remember, kids eat free every Sunday at Victory Field. How much better can it get? Paw Patrol and kids eat free on Sunday at the ballpark. You want to talk about family activities and have some real fun? Weather's supposed to be really, really nice. You need to get out to the ballpark, and while you're there, you know what? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I was a reading teacher early in my life, and I'm an avid reader. I've read Howard's book twice, 61 inspiring, humorous and inspiring lessons I learned from baseball. I recommend you stop by the gift shop and buy it. It's a, if you're a baseball fan, it's a great, great read. Howard, it's always great to talk to you. Thanks so much. Have a great, great weekend, okay? Okay, Bob, as always, thank you very much. Thanks a lot. Indians lose. Later on tonight, Brendan King will join us and we'll talk about the uh, South Bend Cubs. They're getting shellacked right now, as you heard Sam point out. And uh, also, later on this hour, uh, Matt, excuse me, Nathaniel Finch. (laughs) What did I say? Kai, what did I say? Sam. Sam, Come on, coach. Hey, Nathaniel, you know, seriously, turn your mic on. Nathaniel, what is it about you and me? What, what is it I can't uh, – it's, it's not personal. It must be personal because I screw up your name every time you work for us. We what is wrong with We've got to spend more time together, coach. I think that's it. we just got to spend more time together. I don't know if that's the answer, but I, I mean, I appreciate where you're coming from. But Nathaniel Finch, good. And you've been with us for a while, this, this, this whole – I can't get this one – I. It, the excuse of age, I can't. I won't even trot it out on this. It just, <laughs> just, just not gonna work. All right. So cut day, cut down day on Tuesday. Right. We go to fifty three for the Colts. Is that right? That is right. Also, that I deadline know that. for when JT's supposed to get traded. Oh, Tuesday's gonna be interesting. All the, all of us in the media are gonna be fired up about Tuesday, are we not? I'd say so. Why don't you ask Matt Taylor? He'll tell you. Yeah. See, I have to watch because I don't, you know, since you know how this is, I try not to put him on the spot. I don't want to. He's a friend of mine. And so I don't want want him on the spot. All right. Nathaniel Finch. That's who we're talking about. He'll be back with a scoreboard update on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Nathaniel Finch with Network Indiana Sports. Let's get into currently the only two live baseball games going on right now. And how about this? They're your two favorite teams. We'll start with the Chicago Cubs. They are currently in Pittsburgh playing division rival. Ahead 8-1 to one at one point. Things have kind of gone south, but not too south. They're still ahead by four runs in the bottom of the ninth with one out. Chicago Cubs up 10-6 to six on the Pittsburgh Pirates. Making his Major League debut today was the pitcher Jordan Wicks. Five innings pitched, only allowed two hits and a run. Struck out nine batters. Can't wait to hear Brennan King's thoughts on him, who Brennan got to watch when he was a member of the South Bend Cubs. Let's get to the other game currently live. Not as good as the Cubs game. The D-backs currently leading the Cincinnati Reds 4-1. to one. End of the seventh. They're heading into the eighth inning here. Shortly, we saw Fernando Cruz come in and pitch very well. Pitched an inning and a third. 
four Ks. You know what that means. Struck out every batter that he saw. He had to exit in that second inning. Looking at some other scores here. The White Sox beat the A's 6-2 to at home. The Phillies destroyed the St. Louis Cardinals 12-1. to Astros beat the Tigers in Detroit 9-2. And the Guardians fell to the Toronto Blue Jays on the road 8-3. to Those are the scores from the teams in this area. Of course, Notre Dame fighting Irish won 42-3. The Indy 11 win 2-1. to a lot of great things going on, however, for major league or for minor league baseball it is. Our Indiana teams were swept. The Indians lost, the Cubs lost, and the Tin Caps all lost. I'll tell you those scores in a later scoreboard update. We've got plenty more coming up in 15 minutes. Nathaniel Finch, Network Indiana Sports. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Welcome back, everyone. This is Indiana Sports Talk brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Driven the number two SaveLives.org is their important website. I encourage you to go there. Sign up today. Help lives in the future. Anyone can sign up. No age limits. No health restrictions to sign up to be an organ donor. Every 10 minutes, someone is added to the donor transplant waiting list. There are more than 1,000 Hoosiers waiting for a life-saving organ transplant. And by signing up to be an organ and tissue donor, you can help save eight lives and heal 75 others. Again, their website, driven, the number two, savelives.org. Colts getting ready for a cut-down day on Tuesday. Season opener coming up soon, soon, soon. On the uh, 10th of September, Against Jacksonville, the voice of the Indianapolis Colts, Matt Taylor, joins us. Hello, Matt. Hey, Bob. How we doing? Doing great now that you're here. Glad to have you. It's always great to talk to you. And, uh, you know, you uh, are the most prominent Franklin College alum I know, quite frankly. So we're glad you're here. <laughs> it's, it's good to be here. It's good to be seen. And uh, you're exactly right with Busy times here with the Colts. Preseason's over, and now, you know, you get ready for a roster cutdown day coming up on yeah, Tuesday. Yeah. There's only one one roster cutdown now compared to the past, where so they had a couple. Now you're going from 90 guys to 53, and Oof. you know, filling Oof. out that 16 man practice squad. Right. So, you know, n- numbers wise across the NFL, there's about to be over 1,100 players cut in the next couple yeah. of days. So it's, oh it's one of those things oh where. You know, you you might make the initial fifty-three man roster, right. but you're still not safe, right. especially when you're a team like the Colts that's you know coming off a four twelve and one squad, and you're picking fourth in the waiver wire. They potentially could claim some really good players that didn't make uh, other rosters across the NFL, and maybe mm-hmm. uh, add some more depth at, at positions where maybe they feel you know that they they need to kind of supplant some spots on their roster with guys that didn't make it in other spots. There will be some anxious families, some anxious players and their families 
these next few days, whether, like you point out, just the initial cut down. And uh, I have to believe that those on the personnel side with Mr. Ballard and, and others, obviously they've done this before, but I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm sure you've talked to them all about the process and what they go through. I have to believe that, you know, the, the certain number of cut downs aren't really that difficult, but those last half a dozen or dozen or so mm-hmm. probably get pretty tricky when you're in a situation you're in. Yeah, I mean, you look at the Colts roster right now. I mean, it's going to be very difficult at at some positions than others. And for me, it's, you know, what in the heck do you do right now at at tight end? It's kind of complicated because of two different, you know, aspects, I think. It's, first of all, health. You know, tight end was really, really deep in terms of talent and skill and, quite frankly, experience when you add Mm -hmm. some of the veterans the Colts are bringing in uh, or have on this roster, I should say, but – um, injuries have really complicated that. You know, availability has been really lacking uh, from the tight end position through camp. I mean, kind of across the board, the only guy that really played a, a consistent amount of time, really he played the entire camp, that was Kylan Granson. Everybody else, I think, you missed either some or a large chunk of training camp with right. you know, Mo Alley-Cox and Jelani Woods and – um, you know, Will Mallory, their draft pick, he was in and out of the lineup during training camp. So that's going to be hard. And just, you know, once those guys do get healthy, it's like, who do you, who do you prioritize? You know, how do you know who to keep? Cause those guys can all play and they all have a lot of, you know, upside and potential. When you talk about those rookie guys mm-hmm. and, um, you know, a player like Andrew Ogletree, who missed all of his rookie season with a torn ACL. So, that's complicated. I think the fifth wide receiver position is complicated now with Ashton Doolin's injury. You know, what do you do at cornerback? What do you do with, you know, some of your safety depth? So certainly some tough decisions coming up for the Colts. Well, they are, and um, it'll obviously get clear on Tuesday. Now, to go back Thursday night, you had to be excited about various things, and clearly some of the opening reviews on Anthony Richardson are very impressive. No, without question. You know, you look at a stat line, you know, if you didn't watch the game or listen to the game, you look at the box score and you see what he did, right? He's 6 for 17 passing, um, you know, no touchdown passes. You know, I think he had, you know, six or seven runs for 45 yards. You think, okay, you know, kind of kind of an up-and-down performance. But, like, I, I think he was better than that stat line uh, gives him credit. I mean, he had some drops. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he, he definitely had some throws he, he'd like to have back and some decisions. Um, he'd like to make over again, and that comes with with you know a rookie that played 13 games coming out of college at Florida. But I mean, the plays that he does make, Bob, I'm sure you saw. It. I mean, it's just it's just fun. Like the guy's just electric. Oh yeah, you can see yeah. the potential. Yeah. You can see the upside. I mean, once he kind of puts it together, and hopefully that's sometime this year during his rookie season, the guy's just going to be sensational i mean i was looking at rick venturi my broadcast partner on some of those plays after the plays i should say and we kind of looked at each other we're like the colts have never had a quarterback ever right that right. can do what anthony richardson can do i mean he literally at times can turn a five-yard loss and a probable sack into a 15-yard gain um so obviously you'd like to kind of smooth things out um in totality but there's no question the guy is – he's entertaining, and as a play-by-play guy, you kind of almost have to be like a beat behind the play or the action because mm-hmm. you can't take anything mm-hmm. for granted. You can't assume anything 
because a play is never dead with him. You know, he's got three guys draped all over him, and you're about, you know, the word sack or a tackle for loss is about to come right. out of your mouth, and all of a sudden the play's still going and he makes something happen. So he's just really, really fun and exciting. And Thursday night, that first half when he played those six series, just really entertaining and, and fun to describe what he can do with the football. You know, it's one of those things where, you know, you're a former athlete, as am I. He's in that thinking stage. He's in – he's thinking every – obviously, an NFL quarterback has a multitude of things to think about. But you can tell, you know, he's he, he's deliberate in some of the things he's doing, and he's in that thinking phase. Can you imagine when he just relaxes and allows the game to come to him, which he will do with more experience? Just begin to imagine – you're and you were doing it, I'm sure, Thursday night, thinking about what this guy can really do. No, it's it's a great point, and I, I think obviously he's still in that process mode, like you described, right? And, and I think that's very very accurate. But and I think with that in mind, the Colts know that the only way for him to eventually get to that not thinking and and not processing and just mm-hmm. playing and it kind of it becoming mm-hmm. second nature to him, the only way that's going to come is by playing. So in that regard, he's got to get out there and go through these speed bumps and these inevitable lows that he's going to experience, just like any NFL rookie quarterback does. Um, But I think with that in mind early on, especially, you know, the first four or five games, it's going to be, it's going to be concepts for him, right? It's going to be first and second down. It's going to be third and short. It's going to be red zone. And inevitably he's going to have to just rely on what got him drafted and that's just his playmaking ability. He's going to have to fall back on that and rely on that to succeed early on. And I think the Colts are okay with that. But knowing that that growth, that maturity, it's all part of the package as he as he develops uh, throughout his rookie campaign. Matt Taylor with us. We're talking about the Colts beat the Eagles on Thursday night. So we got two weeks now, a little over, a little over two weeks. And so aside from the personnel issues, um, back on the practice field on 56th Street, they got a lot of stuff to uh, to do in these next two weeks. Do they not? Yeah, no question. I mean, obviously you got to pare the roster down, make some significant cuts, 90 to 53. Um, you know, the Colts got some bad news today. Danny Pinter. Uh, one of their depth pieces uh, up front, uh, backup center, backup guard, um, you know, guy going into a contract year, local kid too. You know, he's from from uh, South Bend and, and uh, you know, Ball State University. He found out today he's done for the season with an ankle injury. Mm. So, again, we, we talked about that, um, that right. waiver wire. That's certainly going to be something the Colts are scouring to find some potential, um, you know, candidates, if you will, to come in and maybe, you know, give the Colts some more depth up front. So that's something they got to figure out. They also got to figure out that wide receiver spot. They got to figure out, I mean, it goes without saying, they got to figure out the Jonathan Taylor right. situation. And, you know, that's, hey, that's Matt? you know, yeah, you yeah. got it. Yep. Hey, hey, yep. yeah. Hang on. Oh, I'm sorry to interrupt. Hang on. You can hang on, can't you? We'll do one more segment. Let's go. Indeed. Perfect. Matt Taylor and I'll be back. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. 
So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Nathaniel Finch with Network Indiana Sports here in our Monument Circle studios. Let's talk about some golf really quick. A champion of the year-long season will be crowned tomorrow. The PGA Tour Championship in Atlanta, Georgia, currently leading the pack. Victor Hovland, Xander Shoffley is in second. Keegan Bradley, Colin Morkawa tied for third. And here's a pretty impressive tied for fifth. Wyndham Clark, John Romp, Scotty Scheffler. It's a great Top seven right there. We'll see who wins the championship tomorrow. While I'm on, t- while I'm off topic, let me tell you about my Denver Broncos. Currently winning twenty-seven to nothing in a meaningless game against the Rams. Had to sneak that one in there. Let's get to some baseball. Final score from Pittsburgh: the Cubs win ten to six over the Pirates. And how about this, Jordan Wicks? We talked about him. His first start, his first win, five innings pitched, two hits, only allowed one earned run, nine Ks. Very impressive. He gets the win, and the Cubs get the win, 10-6, to that final score. End of the eighth in Arizona. The Reds, they're still alive. They just notched another one in the bottom of the eighth. So, as we head into the ninth inning, Diamondbacks... Currently winning 4-2, to two, but it's a close one. Keep an eye on that score. I'll tell you the winners probably in the next 15 minutes, if I were to guess. Looking at some other scores here. Notre Dame wins 42-3 to three over Navy. A dub in Dublin, Ireland for the Fighting Irish in Week 0. So happy to have football back. Let's go talk about some Colts football with Matt Taylor next. Right now, I'm Nathaniel Finch from Network Indiana Sports. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Indiana Sports Talk brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Matt Taylor rejoins us, the voice of the Indianapolis Colts. Tough night for your uh, Ron Colley, your alma mater last night. Franklin Central gets a win over him. That's a tough, tough night for you. Yeah, what what in the heck happened, man? The South Side, South Side rivalry, a uh, little yeah, it's a, little gr- it's a great side. rivalry, yeah, Frank, right? Franklin Central, pretty good, obviously, but uh, they are yeah, good. There's no question. That's that's a that's always a fun game to play in because, you know, growing up where I did, it was in in, in my neighborhood. Heck, on the half half of my block, even you know, guys on my street, you know, half of them were from Ron Colley, the other half were from Franklin Central. Always a really really good matchup there, and then you got uh, you know Chittard coming up next weekend. That's always a great. You know, Catholic school, uh, right. inner city rivalry uh, game. So I, I just love the fact that football is back. And then next week we'll get fully a heavy dose of college football, then the NFL. This is a great time of year, man. All right, final question. I've got this far, I, I've made it this far in the interview without mentioning Jonathan Taylor. So Tuesday, yep. as we mentioned before, is another one of those days. What do we know about that situation right now? Well, the only the only two things we really know definitively is that he's still on PUP and he's still banged up, you know, in terms of that ankle. And so, you know, I know the trade situation. You know, everybody, you know, it's been well chronicled. So, um, you know, if if he's still on PUP by next mm-hmm. Tuesday or this upcoming Tuesday, and he is not traded, then that means he's going to miss at least the first four games of the season. He right. by rule has to right. miss four games. Um, to start the season and so that's obviously going to put a a wrinkle into the Colts you know roster mechanics um, and would open up the door for somebody else at running back to make the team at least initially for the first month of the season Um, but yeah I mean right now it's it's a lot of off the field stuff for the Colts 
Um, Shane Steikens, I, th- I thought he's done a really good job of kind of putting on the blinders and just kind of keeping things simple because that's really the only way to do it if you're the head coach. I mean, the only thing you can do is just coach the guys that are out there and get ready to right. play a football game with the guys that you have you know, available to you. And if Jonathan Taylor is out there, great. I mean, I don't know how much practice time he would need. I mean, he's a really, really good player, obviously. So um, you wouldn't think he would need a ton of time of practice uh, to get ready hypothetically for a week one game if, in, if in fact, he's still on this team. But that's going to be a storyline. New, you know, new quarterback, new scheme. Uh, obviously, right. some new players around him, new offensive linemen around him. You know, how much time would he need to get up to speed to, you know, potentially play a Week One game with the Colts after missing all of, you know, the off-season workout program and then, you know, a month's worth of of uh, training camp practices and joint practices and three preseason games. Red fought football, uh, theory of football, day one of uh, class, job of a coach, take the available talent and coach it. <laughs> That's the idea, brother. No doubt. All right, Matt no Taylor, y- you are the best. Thank you for doing this. I appreciate it. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for the call, yeah. Matt. You got it. Anytime. Looking forward to it. All right. Thanks so much. NASCAR in Daytona. That means Adam Alexander from FS1 joins us. Hello, Adam. Hey, Bob. How are you? Man, we're getting down to the interesting. Not that it's not interesting up to this point, but now we're down playoffs. We're getting ready to have some real, real fun and consequential races coming up, starting with Daytona. Well, and, and actually, we just finished at Daytona. Literally, the checkered flag went in the air as you brought oh, me off the air. And it's all so about timing. 16 drivers it is. Thank you to Matt Taylor for being able to fill the window until uh, you were ready for me. So that's perfect. Uh, he's not that is only, fantastic. He's not only great on Sunday afternoon at calling the Colts action, he's great on Saturday night filling the window. So you and I can have epic timing, and we appreciate that. A broadcast. Uh, my, my timing is, is my, my timing is accidental. I'm accidental. <laughs> I had no you idea. And me both. I give all credit to Matt. Actually, <laughs> no, it was uh, it was an unbelievable finish. Overtime, and there were a couple of drivers up front that had to win if they were going to get into the playoffs. Most notably, Chase Elliott, who's NASCAR's most popular driver and has made the playoffs every year in his career and missed races this year with injury. But he comes up short. So does Eric Almirola, who needed a win. And it's a 1-2 finish for RFK Racing. Chris Busher wins, thanks to drafting help from his teammate and boss, Brad Keselowski. It's the third win in the last five races for Chris Busher. Mm. And mm. with that, since Chris was already locked in, Bubba Wallace makes the playoffs on points. He, he came into tonight in a great position on points, but if we had a new winner... He would have been knocked out, but with Chris Buescher winning, he was already locked into the playoffs, so that gets Bubba Wallace in on points, so the playoff field is now set. Isn't this what they were shooting for when they went to this format, this type of drama, this type of finish? Isn't this literally perfectly how they had this envisioned? It really is, and and I'm not sure that everyone was like me, but as you know, the Daytona summer race was reserved 4th of July weekend forever since the place opened. Right. You raced there right. July 4th weekend. And in fact, you know, before they put lights in, you always raced there actually on July 4th, whether that was Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, didn't matter. You always raced there on the 4th of July. 
the Firecracker 400. You didn't have lights, so you raced late morning is when the race started, so you could beat the Florida heat and everybody could get back to the beach and celebrate on the beach that afternoon. And when NASCAR made the decision to move this race away from July 4th and make it the regular season finale, I was like, oh, what are we doing? This is history and tradition. I think we've been reminded last year and this year and just in recent years what it means to have this as your final race to to get in. It's so special, so much drama, and everybody goes into this race with hope that they've still got a shot to make it into the playoffs. Yeah, I guess you do mathematically, but but we all know that the reality is a little bit different. But the scenarios you laid out to to begin this conversation are the reasons why you do this. You know, you you know the literally the the agony of defeat, uh, the thrill of victory, the agony of defeat to borrow from ABC back in the day. You went through it today with the finish at at Daytona. Absolutely, and you know it's funny. Bubba Wallace is just a high-emotion guy. He is. And these are the kinds of situations I don't want anybody to be in because you can't sleep all week and you play the scenario out. You're bound to play the scenario out in your head a thousand times. And I was going through tonight and just looking at the list of drivers that led laps in this race that were going to have to win if they were going to make the playoffs. And that list was was pretty long. A.J. Allmendinger led laps. Chase Elliott. You had Chase Briscoe up there, Eric Almirola, Ty Gibbs, uh, Daniel Suarez. There were all these drivers that knew tonight their path to mm. the playoffs was to win a race. And mm-hmm. when they're leading, Bubba Wallace is sitting back there having a pretty good night and saying, you've got to be kidding me. I had 25 weeks of doing my job to put myself in position, and one night of magic for one of these drivers is going to knock me out of the playoffs. Right. And right. I mean, you, you know what, what it's like, the emotion of competition. But he manages all that, and when it comes down to the end, he's able to make his way in. So a pretty cool finish for him. Pretty cool finish. And, and, and you know what? Pretty cool for you and your colleagues on, on Race Hub. I mean, <laughs> you're going to have a whole – what, what, I'm just thinking of you and all your producers and, and all your on-air talent, the, the fun you're going to have talking about this race and setting up the stage for, for the playoffs. Well, but I, I go back to what you said at the very beginning of our conversation. Isn't this what NASCAR envisioned? when they went to this format. And obviously the, the playoffs have changed a lot over the years. Originally it was 10 and then 12. And sure. you know now you've got 16 guys that, that make it. But w- what I would say is when you look at the history of it, it changed everything because we would normally reach this time of the year and you wouldn't know your champion. But right, you had a right, pretty right. good idea when you look at the points. This guy's playing defense. He doesn't need to win races. He just needs right. to have good finishes, be consistent, don't beat yourself, and you're going to win a title. And then there would be maybe three, four, five guys still mathematically alive at this point in the season. And you had the dog days of summer where it was just kind of survival. And it's just not that way anymore. It's competitive every week because, you know, you know every position's a point. Every point matters. And on a night like tonight, you find out why. Hey, can you hang on through uh, this scoreboard update? Sure thing. Perfect. Adam Alexander is really, really good. He'll stay with us and talk more NASCAR on Indiana Sports Talk. We've got Adam Alexander on the show, and we'll talk to him here in a bit, but that means that, hey, how about I give you some updates on motorsports for the scoreboard update. Let's start with it. How about NASCAR, the Cup Series, Coke Zero Sugar 400 race results at the Daytona 
International Speedway. Chris Buescher gets the win. Brad Keselowski in second. Eric Almirola in third. You got Elliot Logano, Bowman, Bush, and Byron behind him. Of course, that's Kyle Busch because Kurt Busch just retired from the sport. Now, for IndyCar, they will go tomorrow. Green flag, 3.30 p.m. They are in St. Louis. And we don't know the pole positions yet because qualifying will be at 11 a.m. And then the race will start at 3.30. That one at the Worldwide Technology Raceway in St. Louis. Let's get to some baseball. Reds and Diamondbacks. Top of the ninth, two outs. Dire straights. And then how about this? The Reds, they do just what I teased in the last break. They scored two runs at the top of the ninth. We're 4-4 right now. Top of the ninth, two outs. Could we see some extras? Maybe the D-backs walk it off bottom of the ninth. Maybe the Reds have some more action here with this final out. A guy on third. Ellie De La Cruz up to bat. This one is special for the Reds trying to avoid the sweep. Cubs beat the Pirates today 10-6. It was that final score. The win goes to Jordan Wicks. His first win in his first career start. Debuting the Cubs' top pitching prospect. Called up today and boy did he pitch well. Some other scores here we'll give you briefly. The White Sox beat the A's 6-2. Cardinals lost to the Phillies 12-1. Tigers lost to the Astros 9-2. And the Guardians lost to the Blue Jays 8-3. Welcome back, everybody. This is Indiana Sports Talk brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Adam Alexander from FS1 rejoins us. I'm sure you all watch him on Race Hub. FS1's race hub. All right, Adam, we got the we're, we're we're into the playoffs now. We wrap it up at Daytona. So, who has in your mind who has momentum and, and who if there is such a thing uh as a favorite going into this final leg of this of this year's competition? The the two drivers that I would put at the top of the list right now starting the playoffs and and I think they will be the one and two seeds based on how the playoff points shake out would be Martin Truex Jr., who clinched the regular season championship tonight, and William Byron. I believe those two have separated themselves. They've enjoyed great success all year. Each has won uh, multiple times, William winning five times. It's not just the wins, but it's the types of tracks, where they've won, the consistent speed, and so on. So I feel like those are the two, not only mathematically because of the advantage Mm -hmm. they will have Mm -hmm. points, but just what they've accomplished and, and the momentum and all of that. It is pretty hard to ignore what Chris Buescher and RFK have done. Uh, yeah. Chris yeah. wins tonight. It's his third win. So he's you know adding up some playoff points, and that's insurance, and that helps and all that. But the other thing I would say about Chris Buescher is you, you look at the tracks in the playoffs, you look at where he's run well, it mm-hmm, sets up pretty mm-hmm. good for them to have a real shot at least to get to the round of eight advancing through the first two rounds of the playoffs. I, I will say this, though. As much as you can make a case for four or five guys to, to be the favorite, there's a ton of parity this year. And we mentioned the fact that a guy like Chase Elliott didn't make it into the playoffs. That There's a, a right. superstar that you feel like will perform annually. It's not going to be a part of the equation. And so I think this year sets up for some real opportunity to have a surprise in the playoffs. It's going to be fun. And in week to week, you better bring it because one miscue in one race could be the difference in mm. advancing or, or just, you know, being at home mm-hmm. for the next round. It, it's going to be very entertaining starting next Sunday at Darlington. 
Now let's go back to the venues because you, you mentioned it. You know, Busher has performed well at some of these venues. I, anybody else maybe have an edge uh, in terms of the, the, these upcoming venues in the playoffs? I would look at Denny Hamlin. You know, Denny Hamlin has they had a miscue tonight, and and I mentioned the fact you can't make mistakes, and that's you know been their Achilles heel. But I, I do feel like there's someone who's pretty competitive week in and week out. And the track set up pretty good for Denny Hamlin. We started Darlington. That's been a great place for him. His intermediate program has been good. We go mm-hmm. to Kansas after that. Um, you know, Denny's been a great qualifier recently on road courses. And we, you know, finished the, the second round of the playoffs at the Roval here in Charlotte. Talladega's in the, in the second round. Denny's tremendous when it comes to super speedway racing. So across the board, I think it sets up pretty good for Denny Hamlin. I like Brad Keselowski and Kevin Harvick. They haven't won this year, but they've been incredibly consistent. And that's that can take you mm-hmm. a long way in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Winning is the end-all, be-all, but consistency can take you a long way. So, you know, those are a few of the names. I like Kyle Larson, but they just seem to find problems in a lot of races. And I feel like right. they've got a lot of messes right now to clean up if they're going to be able to win another championship. You just named a whole bunch of guys. <laughs> I mean, seriously, and, <laughs> which, hey, and which I didn't you know shapes up to, Kyle Busch that's the way it Logano is. Who are, I didn't mention Kyle Busch and Joey Logano, who both have two championships, and they're in the mix. So it's it's wide and deep when you look at this playoff field. That's the way it ought to be. All right, Adam Alexander, thanks so much for taking time. You doing all right? Everybody good? Everybody's good. Yep, we're hanging in there. Hey, trucks right. tomorrow. Trucks tomorrow on FS1. So we look forward to that from Milwaukee. Going back to the Milwaukee Mile. So we'll have that for you on FS1. Oh, absolutely. Well, have fun. Thanks for doing this. Uh, and enjoy the week. Okay. And we'll try to track you down okay. next weekend. Thanks a lot. You got it, Bob. All right. Thanks, Adam. Adam Alexander from FS1. There is no one better. Absolutely no one better. We're back. Short break. Talk some more ball. Got another hour. This is Indiana Sports Talk. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Welcome back, everybody. This is Indiana Sports Talks, brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Nathaniel Finch, well done so far. Great job. Great job. We'll catch him a little bit later on. All right, coming up this hour, here's what what we have. We have much more to come. Brendan King is going to join us talking about the South Bend Cubs, uh, and we're going to talk more football. Paul Condry will join us at the bottom of the hour and talk about high school football. We wrapped up week number two this weekend. Uh, put, you know, put that in perspective. Friday night, we will be one-third of the way through the regular season. A hot night last night. Uh, we had uh, some thunderstorms around the state. Uh, and, um, and now we get into conference play, and there are some – I think Paul will probably discuss this. There are some tremendous matchups coming up 
in week number three. This might be, in, in terms of uh, regular season matchups, this may be one of the best uh, nights uh, of the entire year coming up on uh, on Friday night. So make sure you join us. I can't imagine that you haven't joined us on a Friday night in the 30 years that we've been on. Uh, it's it's different. Uh, it's a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, so we head into – we're in season number 30. Uh, I'm as stunned as all of you are. Um, that's a long time. I don't need to be reminded that's a long time. But it's gratifying because we had an idea that we thought made sense, and it's we've stayed true to the uh, core uh, principles of what we started out with, and we still do it that way. And thank goodness people continue to listen. So – we're gonna we're gonna be there Friday night talking about high school football, which means we're close to college football. Notre Dame with a great win today, very impressive forty-two to three win over Navy in Dublin. Uh, we're gonna talk with uh, Dr. Lynn Clark about that from Irish Illustrated uh, later on in the next hour. Uh, get his perspective on that game. Secondly, we're gonna talk uh, a little bit. More about uh, college football starts uh, for real next weekend. You got Ohio State at uh, IU, Fresno State at Purdue, uh, and then um, you know, the Irish have a short turnaround. They got Tennessee State coming into in in town, so we got that's all coming up. So that's coming up soon. All right, Nathaniel Finch, are you with me? I am. How did I miss? Uh, how did I call you, Sam Fritz? You, you guys don't even sound alike. What's wrong with me, Coach? Let's chalk it up to age. You can do it. Let's not chalk it up to age. I'm tired. I'm tired of you know what? I'm tired of leaning on that. That's that's boring. After thirty so, years, you're uh, able to. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's that's nice. This is the man, Nathaniel Finch, coming up with a scoreboard update. He's done a great job. You want to stick around and catch that. We're back on Indiana Sports Talk.